You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 12th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic back in action. They fall to the Miami Heat. We'll break that game down. Plus, why discipline is as much of an issue as the team's injuries. But the team's injuries are also an issue. The circular discussion coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. By searching for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Miami Heat heading into coming out of Thursday's game? Check out our pals at Locked On Heat. Want to get the lowdown on the San Antonio Spurs before Friday night's game against the Spurs? Check out our good pals from Locked On Spurs. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Steve Clifford has said this repeatedly throughout the year, and I do think it is important to start off on this point. Um, and it's going to be a point that's going to be really important as this season continues and as this season um, uh, continues to develop and evolve. Um, the, the, the biggest sign and the biggest thing we need to see is the kind of effort that we saw on Thursday night. Um, it has been a repeated line from Steve Clifford um, that... The team is playing hard. Um, you know, a lot of the, I mean, yeah, there have been a few games maybe where the team let go of the rope a little bit too much, but for the most part, except for, you know, maybe four or five games, the Magic are still putting in an incredible effort uh, and, and giving themselves every chance to win or doing at least that bare minimum. And, and I say this, you know, because when you look at seasons like the ones the Magic are having, um, it's still really important that the team buys in, that the team is trying to do the right things, even if they're not always able to execute them, and that they're sticking together. And, and you know, the Magic are still far out of the playoff chase, or, or not too far out of the playoff chase, so, so maybe this will change, and it'll be important that it doesn't change. But the Magic have to stay committed to who they are. The Magic have to stay committed to what has made them successful, and the Magic have to stay committed to an ideal of themselves. Um, you know, that's that's a big point that I've tried to hammer home. Uh, and it's part of the standard that I hold them to. Um, they have to play hard. The effort cannot be something you question. The moment effort gets questioned, the moment kind of buy-in gets questioned, that's when you run into problems in a season like this. Um, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Obviously, we'll see what happens, um, you know, when the Magic maybe fall further out of the playoff chase than they are. But... Effort is really, really important. And so Steve Clifford made it a point once again to say that the team's effort has been fine. Um, the team is playing really hard. The team is doing all the things that a team has to do to be successful or our team, or, or, or at least giving that bare minimum. I watched Thursday's game, a 111-103 loss to the Miami Heat, and the Magic played pretty well. Um, I, I, I could not find... Too many things to be super upset about. Um, but of course, it was still a loss. There's still a reason for that loss. It was still a game 
the Magic were tied at entering the fourth quarter. It was a game where the Magic played well. And when you play that well, you have to find a way to win those games. Um, again, that is still the standard. Is when you have the chance to win, you need to win. And my initial instinct um, coming out of this game was to say that, you know, it's frustrating, it stinks, it's not good, but it's understandable. The Magic just don't have the horses to get to the end, um, so to speak. Um, the Magic just can't go the distance. I've often I've said this, I know, on a few radio appearances. I think I may have mentioned it in this, this podcast. Um, but when you look at the college game to the pro game, um, this is the best example I can give. When you look at the college game to the pro game, um, the difference is eight minutes. Uh, and a 40-minute college game is not a 48-minute pro game. Those last eight minutes to me is what separates men from boys. And any calls to shorten an NBA game to 40 minutes, I think, would do major damage to this to the league. Um, I think we would see more upsets. Teams can lead after 40 minutes. Those eight minutes are everything. And being able, and again, it's it, I agree, 48 minutes is kind of an arbitrary number. It's just the way things have always been done. But I really do believe that that distinction is really important. And the fact of the matter is, right now, this Orlando Magic team is struggling to put together 48-minute games. They're struggling to execute at a high enough level for the full 48 minutes to win and win consistently. The best teams don't always have to play well for 48 minutes. Um, you know, if you're really, I mean, the thing that marveled, that I always marveled about the 2009 Magic, the 2010 Magic especially, was how they really only needed maybe, against most teams, 24 minutes of really good basketball to beat them. Against the really good teams, they needed that 48, full 48-minute effort, though. Um, that was sometimes where that team fell short, um, especially late, late in games. Um, I, I, you've probably heard me on this podcast say, I don't believe in clutch minutes. Um, I, I don't think that the final two minutes of a game are any more important than the first first 46. Um, but I do believe this, that yes, when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to games that really matter, your ability to execute down the stretch, when the pressure's tightened, uh, when the time is ticking against you, when teams are more intense defensively, that stuff does matter. Um, I, I, I've come to believe as well that in the playoffs, you throw a lot of the statistics and a lot of the analytics out the window it's all about the matchup, and sometimes that matchup just turns on whether you make or miss a shot at the end of a game. So again, I, I don't think that that's unimportant. Right now, the Magic are struggling just to get to that end-of-game situation. Um, again, they obviously did against the Hawks on uh, last week, um, but they're not able to sustain high-level execution for 48 minutes, and that's exactly what happened in the loss of the Heat. Steve Clifford was quick to point out the turnovers. The Magic had four turnovers in the fourth quarter. They had uh, 14 for the game. Um, four turnovers leading to five points for the Heat. 14 uh, turnovers leading to 15 points for the Heat for the course of the game. That was a problem, for sure. But the bigger problem was still, to me, roster issues. Dwayne Bacon carried the team through the third quarter, and in the fourth quarter, the Heat just tightened the grip a little bit. They did a really good job denying the ball to Nikola Vucevic after he scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. They had, two, I mean, they essentially Jordan rules him. They put a strong side zone on him, and any time Vucevic came toward the ball, they had two, sometimes three guys around him. The Heat were daring someone else to beat them. They were daring someone else to create some offense for the Magic. And that fell to Dwayne Bacon in this game. 
and Bacon really struggled. He was just one for six in the fourth quarter. So the Magic goes scoreless from about the six-minute mark of the of the game of the fourth quarter to about two eighteen to about two fifteen. Two minutes left in the game, allowing the Heat to go on a 10-2 run and turn a close game into not a blowout by any means. The Magic stayed in this game. They had to get every opportunity, but the Magic just could not string together enough solid offensive possessions. Those turnovers, because of that, heightened in importance. The Magic just don't have the margin for error to turn the ball over, and especially have live ball turnovers. The kind of live ball turnovers. The Magic did have throughout the game where they're giving up a ton of points off turnovers. The Magic just don't have the margin for error to do any of that. And so when they're unable to execute on offense, when they're unable to get things going to the basket or unable to create easy shots, which just did not happen until they hit desperation mode in those final two minutes when they were down by seven or eight points, there's just no chance to win. The Heat are a very good defensive team, even without Bam Adebayo. And the Heat played you know, some pretty, you know, were pretty lax defensively in the first half, very good defensively in the second half. And again, I'll give the Magic all the credit in the world, too. Their defense was very good in the second half, too. Um, I thought the Magic played some really strong defense, um, really throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, I th- again, some some inconsistencies here and there, but uh, I thought they played really good defense um, and gave themselves a chance to win. Um, the turnovers hurt them. Uh, they struggled with three-point line a little bit in the first half, but they got better. Uh, and really it just came down to their offense couldn't generate enough points. Without Evan Fournier, without Terrence Ross, without um, without Aaron Gordon for most of the game, to be frank, um, without Cole Anthony, without Markel Fultz, without all those guys, all those key offensive players, the Magic just have no one who can create shots, and unfortunately, Nikola Vucevic is a center. Centers need someone to give them the ball. They, they can't, they don't bring the ball up themselves. They don't initiate offense. The Magic just don't have anyone to initiate offense. So when a team like the Heat is able to tighten up the grip a little bit, the Magic just don't have a way to create against it. When the Heat dialed in, when the Heat locked in the way that they did, Orlando couldn't get into the paint. They couldn't get paint touches. A lot of it was just wild drives by Dwayne Bacon, and that's kind of what you get with Dwayne Bacon. I think Dwayne Bacon both showed why he's been so good for the Magic and honestly why I think he has been a successful signing for the team, but also why you can't rely on him as much as as this team has had to rely on him. Um, He is not a natural playmaker. Uh, He's not a playmaker at all. He's looking to get his own shot, and he can hit some really tough shots, and the Magic need that. But late in the game when he was the primary creator for the team, you're not winning many basketball games that way. So while I sit here and look at this game and say, yes, it is important to note all the, all the it is important as Steve Cooper noted, all the turnovers and all the mistakes. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up here in a bit. It's important also to realize that this is not the ideal Magic team. And this is not to excuse them. This is not to say that they're not capable of winning these games. It's just this league is about consistency. I say it all the time. It is it is something that I hit on all the time. You know, any team can win one game in this league. It's being able to do it every single night that matters. And right now, Nikola Vucevic is the only consistent thing about this this team and this this squad. Um, I don't know what to expect when the Magic play the Spurs on on, on tonight. I don't I don't know what to expect um, coming off a of back to back. You know, especially. Uh, I, I just don't know. They're going to play another really good defensive team in the Spurs. 
I just don't know where this team goes goes from here. What more this team can do? Yeah, they could reduce their turnovers. They could reduce some of those mistakes, but their path to winning is just very, very, very narrow. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to seek out moral victories. I don't mean to to say that oh, this is a good loss or, or anything like that because I don't believe in those. But the Magic have to be so good just to win a game. But they'll have to do it again on Friday. And there's still belief that they can. So we'll, we'll get into that and into some of those issues coming up here in just a moment. Before we run through the box score, though, let me tell you a little bit about our pals at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over. It's been over for a while, but the NBA college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. You can even cut, you can even bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV on betonline.ag. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget, use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Today on Locked On Today podcast, on the one-year anniversary of the NBA shutting down due to COVID, an NCAA team was forced out of the tournament due to a positive test. Actually, I'm recording this today. Virginia apparently pulling out of the ACC tournament to sending Georgia Tech to the final. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Let's run through the final box score for you as the Orlando Magic fall to the Miami Heat 111-103. The Magic led in scoring by, who else? Nikola Vucevic, 24 points, 10 for 20 shooting, 17 rebounds, just 2 for 7 from beyond the arc. Um, Nikola Vucevic had 18 points in the first quarter. He just did whatever he wanted against the Heat. The Heat had no answer. They had they didn't have the size without Bam Adebayo to stop him. Um, he drove to the basket whenever he wanted. He got open shots. He really worked the paint really, really well. Um, again, I, I enter a lot of these games. I exit a lot of these games, and I'm just like, what more is a team supposed to do against Vucevic? Or what was is what was Vucevic supposed to do for this team? Um, like literally. Um, I, I thought Vooch played well. Um, certainly, second half, the Heat did a really good job uh, changing their strategy up on him. Um, they surrounded him at all times. It felt like the Jordan rules almost. Um, they, they zoned him a lot. Um, anytime the ball swung to his side of the floor, there were at least two, sometimes three guys around him. And you know, it was a really unique defense that, that the Heat put on. I think it took the Magic, and the Magic just could not get him the ball. I mean, I think it's, I, I wouldn't, I don't have his touch numbers, but he just didn't have the same number of touches. And so obviously, you know, missing some key shots, missing some shots from beyond the arc, which he did in the second half. Um, he just couldn't get back into rhythm after such a hot uh, first half. Um, but again, I said this at the top, Vucevic's big man can't initiate offense. Someone has to get him the ball. And I think teams are going to find out when this team is so injury depleted as it is, how difficult it's going to be to get Vucevic the ball and get Vucevic in the ball in positions where he can score and really impact the game besides from kind of... Uh, coordinating things from the top of the key. Dwayne Bacon had a really nice game, 21 points, season high, 6 for 15 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 6 for 6 from the foul line. Um, Bacon is is just really good at getting inside the paint. Um, you know, again, I know there's that that stat that Zach Lowe had much earlier in the season 
about how Bacon doesn't pass the ball, and that is true. Bacon does not pass the ball. When he is driving, he is driving to score, and that's kind of what the Magic needs sometimes. Um, maybe not right now with the team as it's currently constructed where he's essentially the best perimeter scoring option, which is weird to say. Um, Bacon did very good things um, throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, again, just able to get into the paint. He went on a big scoring run in the third quarter that got, that kept Orlando in the game, kept them, uh, gave them that chance to win. But fourth quarter, again, uh, the same things that make him successful often get him into trouble. Fourth quarter, he shoots just one for six from the floor, one for four from beyond the arc. Just unable to to get the same shots to go down. They're tough shots to go down. They are tough shots. So, you know, in an ideal world, you only have, you know, like like bacon in general, all things in moderation. It's a good little treat every once in a while, um, but you shouldn't be eating it all the time. Uh, I, I think the Magic can say the same about him playing and, and the way that the Magic have used him this year. Michael Carter-Williams, 17 points, 8 for 15 shooting, 7 assists, Six turnovers. The six turnovers are what really killed. That's that's almost half of the Magic's turnovers this game. A lot of them were, frankly, bad turnovers. Um, just losing control of the ball, um, giving it away at the top of the key before the team can initiate offense. Uh, kind of like Bacon, you see why you don't want too much Michael Carter-Williams. Like, the role the Magic had Michael Carter-Williams playing, and Michael Carter-Williams is still playing very, very well. I mean, he's, again, one of the few guys on this team that can get into the paint, can, can generate some push, can generate some force, uh, and make things happen, and that's 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 just so much of what the Magic need right now. It's just someone that can that can get the team moving and and generating some some push and some and some some pull uh, on this on this team, and and just get into the lane and and try and make things happen. And and that's just I mean again, the Magic don't have good options. I I I, I, I hate to just put these guys down like that and say it's not like it's all hopeless. They they can do it, um, but it's consistency and. Carter Williams driving in the lane, a lot of wild shots at the basket, um, which is what the Magic need sometimes. Um, a lot of really bad turnovers. Um, you know, again, just it's just an inconsistent game from Michael Carter Williams. Bring those turnovers down. Michael Carter Williams had a fantastic game, but the turnovers really, really do hurt this team in the end. Fortunately, the Magic don't have a lot of other guys scoring a ton. Chasen Randall nine points, three for five shooting from beyond the arc, five assists for him. Um, played really, really not really well. Um, just solid, solid game from Chasen Randall. Um, you know. Cliff single, singled him out after the game. I think I might be playing that quote later on in the show um, for some of the tur- for some of the turnover issues and for not being in the right place. Um, he only had a turnover, uh, one turnover. Um, I thought he played well. Um, made his made his three point shots. That obviously makes him look a little bit better. I'd have to watch the tape again to see um, if he was out of position defensively or offensively. The spacing offensively was sometimes very very poor. Aaron Gordon made his return to the court. Nine points, three for eight shooting, zero for one from beyond the arc, two rebounds. One block for him, three fouls as well. Um, first game back since January 31st. I thought Aaron played well, especially his first stint. Um, Magic went to that high-low play they love running to start every game with Vooch passing it to Gordon. Gordon got an easy shot that way. Um, he did some really good things uh, as far as just being around the basket and being active. Um, just having him there, just his presence, helps this team so much. Um, that was a point I tried to make the other day that... You know, he just—he's a player. He's an NBA player. He knows how to—he knows what he's doing. He knows how to, how to, how to help and build this team. And so, he helped this Magic team significantly. Um, again, just it's—it's—it's it's, it's simple, 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 simple things. Um, he's able to get it, get to a shot, and get to his spots, and 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 defend a little bit. Um, you could tell he was a little bit off, though. 
Um, I thought a shot selection at times was was questionable, but I don't mind him just kind of going out there and trying to get a rhythm. Um, defensively, he was definitely still a step or a half step slow. Um, Butler got by him a few times. He got caught fouling him on a couple and ones. Um, so obviously still working his way back. But overall, for, for his first game back, um, first stint was better than his second stint. I would, I would agree with that. Um, but I thought Aaron played well considering how long it's been since he had played. Uh, Mo Bamba with a nice game, eight points, five rebounds, three for six shooting, just one for four. From beyond the arc, um, I would say about Mo looked better. Um, again, first half was better than the second half. Um, I, I thought that he did a really good job not chasing blocks. He did block one shot. It was a three by Mo Harkless in the second half. Um, I thought that he did a really good job, though, using his length to affect shots without getting out of position and without you know kind of chasing blocks down. Um, I, I am a big proponent of this is the best path for Mo to get minutes is to show that he has the discipline defensively. And we're going to talk more about team discipline coming up in a bit. Um, that he has a t- discipline defensively to just stay on the ground and use his length to to affect shots. Um, I thought Mo did really, really well. The big thing for Mo that that I think is going to be key for him is a better shot selection. Sometimes he did take some bad threes, but he's I mean he's he, he he'll make them. Um, I, I thought his offense was generally fine. The next big thing for Mo is he's got to be willing to be physical. Um, you know, again, I, I maybe I'm just piling on some piling on things here. But I thought Mo at times was a little too passive in the paint, especially attacking the glass. Got got beat physically by Chris Silva once or twice. Um, Precious Achua is is kind of I, I, when when Precious Achua was in the game, I was like, you know, Mo needs to match Achua's energy. If he does that, then he's in good shape. And I thought generally he did. Um, it's not an energy thing. It's it's about comfort and just confidence on the floor. And I think that'll come as he plays more. So good stuff from Mo in this game. Uh, the last guy I want to mention, Al Farukaminu. Zero points, zero for seven shooting, zero for four from beyond the arc. It's just kind of what Al Aminu does at times. I thought that he was shooting a little bit too much. Um, certainly the Heat were happy to let him shoot. Uh, when he did have some open shots, he hesitated on them. Cannot hesitate in this game. The moment you hesitate, you are lost. Um, I'd rather you, uh, if you're going to hesitate, if you're not comfortable shooting three, because you know when I played, I was not a three-point shooter. People sometimes ask, why aren't you shooting an open three? It's like, that's not a shot I'm comfortable with. If you're not comfortable taking a shot, Take a dribble in, keep moving the ball, attack that open space, do something productive. I thought, again, Aminu, it's not that his shots were terrible. He did take some terrible shots. He did do some terrible ISO moves. Um, tried to get himself going a little bit too much. Um, but he has to be better at, at picking those spots. Um, and yeah, he's got to make shots if he's if he's going to do that. Um, so a rough game for Alf Rick Aminu. The Magic shoot just 40.6% from the floor, 39 for 96, 12 for 34 from beyond the arc, 13 to 15 from the foul line. They do have 16 offensive rebounds, but the storyline for Steve Clifford, 14 turnovers leading to 15 Miami points. Their line scoring by Jimmy Butler, who had 27 points, 11 assists, and 8 rebounds. He did everything for the team down the stretch. Kelly Olynyk added 20 points, including 4 for 8 shooting from beyond the arc. Tyler Hero with 17 points off the bench for the Heat. The Miami Heat defeat the Orlando Magic 111 to 103. Magic back in action Friday against the San Antonio Spurs. We will t- we will uh, take take a short break here and talk a little bit about the team's discipline and how the Magic can survive all these injuries still. But before we do that, it is March. The conference tournament's going on as we speak. March Madness is officially here. And we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. If you're going to watch NCAA tournament basketball, you're going to need some energy especially with all the drama and high stakes and just draining feeling. 
of each March Madness game. Trust me, I know. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein bar, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar uh, with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is best, though. It's Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Twitter at Built underscore Bar to vote on the latest matchup in Built Bar Madness. Vote for your favorite flavor. And if you see some flavors you haven't tried before, you can buy them right there. Just remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. Again, that is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network will be live on Selection Sunday, March 14th, reacting to who's in who's out of the NCAA tournament. Big Ten, Ben Stevens, and Josh Neighbors host Selection Sunday Live with local experts from around the Locked On College Network of podcasts. Get the inside track from the local experts on who you need to pick in your NCAA tournament brackets. Follow at Locked On Live on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook today. That's Locked On Live. And watch our select live Selection Sunday special on March 14th. I know we're all super excited about the NCAA tournament. I'm hoping to be able to tune in to Kate Cunningham a little bit on Friday. Big day of college basketball ahead as uh, we saw Evan Mobley, uh, the center from USC, uh, consensus top five pick as well, get uh, a really big run as, as USC won in double overtime to reach the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament. So we'll get another look at him today. Got a lot of stuff going on. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to also follow our new podcast, Locked On NBA Draft. We have a group of NBA draft experts who are breaking down the college game from the NBA perspective. So definitely want to bookmark them, especially as uh, Magic can fall further and further down the standings. I am sure I will have a, one of them on at some point on the show to get a lowdown on the NBA draft class as the Magic figure to have a high pick this year. So we'll need to know uh, who to pick and what to do there. But let's get back to this year's Magic team. Um, injuries have, have obviously been the story. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say, and I think, you know, I've, I've run into some people who aren't following this team closely and just kind of look at the record and say, what are they doing? Why are they spinning their wheels like this? And I think it's safe to say that that we all agree, and the Magic seem to believe, that the biggest issue this team has faced this year is injury. That, that the reason why they're 14th in the East, the reason why, frankly, they were 7th in the East last year, 8th in the East last year, was because of injuries. And they're heavily invested now in Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, and they believe bringing them back healthy, plus you know retaining at least part of this current roster, along with the top pick, is enough to provide to create a better future, to create a pathway to move up those standings. Um, and so right now, it feels like the rest of this season, especially, is as much about building for the future and building the right habits and and, and building the right mindset as it is anything else. But like I said, it is not just that. Because the Magic can do all those things like they did Thursday night and still come up short. Still come up unable to, to, to make the grade. And it's, it's hard to, to figure out how to analyze this team and, and figure out what's real and what is injury caused. You know, it, it, it occurred to me as I was watching the game that, you know, I, I don't think we've addressed how difficult this is. 
I asked Steve Clifford after the game, you know, how, like how much of these turnover issues that he that he pointed out um, in Thursday's game, how much of it is about the lineup change and the constant shifting and changing in the lineup. And he said, you know, that is a really good point. You know, Steve Clifford has hammered this point home over the last two and a half seasons now that he wants to make sure guys know where they're going into the game in the rotation, know who they're playing with, create consistency there so everyone knows how to work together and win games. Um, it's, it's both, again, I've said this numerous times, this kind of approach is both Steve Clifford's biggest strength and his biggest weakness. It's the team's biggest weakness they don't have the ability to improvise. When stuff goes wrong or when stuff goes off kilter, they don't have the guy that can make everything work. Steve Clifford went on to say, um, when I asked him this question, like, you know, we have to be able to play no matter who's out there. And he, and he said this on several occasions too, that, you know, the Magic execute their stuff fine. They, they execute their plays fine. It's when the play breaks down that they run into trouble, when they run into the problem spots, when they are unable to finish the game. And I think this is all fair. I think this is a really good, accurate description of what this Magic team is. They, they, they're, they're able to execute. They're able to run a formula. But when they break from that formula, they're unable to still find a way to score. They don't have that way to play outside of the foundation of the structure that Clifford has built. And I think that's where the disappointment has come this season. It would be one thing if we could point to one thing every game and say, you know, if the Magic do this, they'll have a chance to win. Or the Magic, you know, the Magic, continue, the Magic have continued to struggle with the same thing. And it's been off and on a few things throughout the course of the season. The point that Clifford has been trying to drive home is that everything has to start on defense. Um, and the defense has been inconsistent. And the point that I think Clifford is trying to continue to make and continue to, to explore is that the Magic have to find a way to play the same way. Even with all the injuries, even with all the inconsistency, they have to be very true to some core values and core things. So we have to play to what we need to be, which is defense first. In the second half, for the most part, we were better. All right, Atlanta, three quarters, we defended. Fourth quarter, blown coverage after blown coverage. We're not going to win. Not our team. We're not built that way. We need to be more disciplined, and everybody needs to know what they're doing, and they got to do it every single possession. And that's a big. I mean, that's a simple ask, right? I mean, what this Magic team was built on in 2019 and 2020 was the ability to defend, the ability to limit their mistakes. Remember, Steve Clifford teams don't beat themselves, as we were often told. Um, and it's true. His teams are low, historically low turnovers. Magic were, what, top five in the league in turnover rate? They're still top five in the league in turnover rate. Last year, they were second in the league in points allowed off turnovers. This year, despite being a top five turnover team, a top five team with the fewest turnovers in the league, they are 15th, I believe in the league in points off turnovers. The turnovers the Magic are making, the mistakes they are making, are leading directly to points. And the defense has been inconsistent, like I said. This is not a team that's built to sustain these kinds of mistakes, these kinds of errors. It is not a team built 
to struggle in this way. And that's where the Magic are at. That's the tension the Magic are at right now because a lot of these mistakes can be attributed to guys being out of position, guys having to do a little bit too much. Sometimes guys just trying to chase the game a little bit because the Magic just don't have the talent and the ability necessarily on every night or the consistency on every night to know exactly where guys are going to be. Um, it's one thing to say, like, everyone should know better. It's another thing when there's very little practice time to go out there and actually play the game. Um, but again, every team is dealing with this. Um, I, you know, I think well, that's one of the reasons we're seeing scores up so much as defenses are not as tied together as they would be in a normal season because there's just no time to practice, no time to tighten things up. As, you know, I think it was Clifford who said at some point last year that typically when you don't have a lot of time to practice, your defense loosens a little bit. And in, in practice, you, you go in there and, and tighten things up as much as you can. Um, you can only do so much in a ballroom walkthrough. You can only do so much watching tape. You need to get out there on the court and actually experience what those game situations might be like. Um, you got to be able to make adjustments. And again, this Magic team, their margin for error is so small. And I, I mean, I, honestly, that's the point that Steve Clifford's trying to drive home here is the margin for error is so small. They can't afford the mistakes that they ma- they're making. They can't afford to slip defensively even a little bit. They have to be in tune with the game plan. They've been around together long enough. This is a veteran team still. They're too good to be making the kinds of mistakes that they're making, the kind of mistakes that are self-inflicted. Then again, they're playing with a lot of guys out of position, and I don't think we have accounted for how difficult this is. Um, certainly, you know, some of us who play 2K, some of us who play video games, you think it's just plug and play with players. You know, I, I play my team on 2K. That's literally just a game of plugging and playing players without necessarily caring how they fit together. You just kind of make it all work. Um, and there's no sniping. There's no, you know, there's, there's none of that stuff going on. But that's not how the real world works. And the fact that the Magic just have not been able to have a consistent lineup, it's not, not even anything else, just a consistent lineup from day to day, from game to game, is such a big deal. It's such a big thing. And it's something that the Magic have indeed struggled with a little bit. Something that the Magic have indeed had issues with. And it's not an excuse. And the Magic should ha- have made it clear that this is not an excuse. They've got to find a way to win these games. They know they're good enough. But like I said, it's about that 48-minute effort. And right now, that is the biggest struggle. It's been a, it's been a huge adjustment, adjustment, man. Like, you know, from, from the beginning of the season, we've been down, you know, so many players, so many, so many guys have been in and out. And we can't make that an you know an excuse of why we're not where we're supposed to be or why we're not you know playing like we're supposed to be. This is this is the the best league in the world. Um, this is what everybody works to get to. Um, and and we don't have uh, you know the same thing Coach Clips tell us. We don't have time. We have enough talent to win games. I mean, it showed tonight. It showed in Atlanta. Like those are games that we should have won. But I mean, we can't sit here and say, well, you know, a guy's out, so you gotta. It's, it's, you got to step up. It's the next man up. Like, we can't keep looking, you know, for these easy ways out. Um, you know, we don't have all our players. That's why we're losing or, or this or that. We can't keep doing that. We got to, you know, fight with what we have, come out, everybody play hard, and it's for sure we have enough talent to win games. Magic guard Dwayne Bacon following Thursday's game against the Miami Heat. The Magic 
still trying to find that 48-minute effort, still trying to find the discipline necessary to reduce their own mistakes and give themselves the chance to finish these games off. Whether they're able to do so or not um, is dependent on the players themselves and whether they have the discipline to do so and whether they have the ability to execute when it matters most. Magic get a chance to do that again Friday night at 9 o'clock against the San Antonio Spurs. So a little bit of a late start. Uh, we'll have complete coverage of that game coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Magic will um, take on the uh, Miami Heat on Sunday. We'll recap that game on Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there. Follow me on there on tw- us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. But that's good to do for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy Selection Sunday on Sunday. We'll be back Monday with another episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is the Pro Right. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.